What's going on, good people? It's your boy Amir, aka the Magic Man, aka the Black Podcaster. Listen, so me and Kay recorded an episode, right? And then we had extremely crazy technical difficulties where uh, it was going in and out on both ends and things did not record properly uh, when I went to go edit the episode. So, yeah, here we are. We don't have our usual Chabata Boys episode for this Saturday, but I didn't want to not have uh you know a podcast for this saturday man i want to continue to put out episodes for you guys to listen to and things like that so what we're going to do we're just going to kind of have a little freestyle session man and just talk about some of the things that have been on my mind as far as uh comic book movies and collecting comics uh and things like that so you know first let's just kick it off with this man um steven yin uh, from The Walking Dead, we know him as uh, Glenn. Uh, he apparently has been rumored to play the Sentry, right? And me and Kay talked about this. Uh, well, we were going to talk about this for today's episode, but I kind of just wanted to get these thoughts off my head as far as, you know, us fans seem to get a little bit overly excited when we see a new casting or a rumored casting for an MCU movie or a DCU movie, uh, we get super excited when we see these great names and these actors and actresses that we, uh, you know, really enjoy uh, and we see them tied to our favorite, uh, you know, movie property. And it kind of hit me this week when I saw that Steven Yen could be rumored to play Sentry, which I don't think he's going to play. Um, you know, me and James and Kay and uh, Isaac, Isaac, we all have uh, a group chat and, you know, we talk about different things, you know, just in the comic book community and stuff. And James made a great point. Like, even though he was, you know, kind of stating the obvious, he felt that it would probably be better if Steven Yen played, uh, Amadeus Chow and I agree with him 100% I feel like he would suit that character uh and not just because he's Asian, <laughs> but at the same time, because he's Asian. Uh, but I think he would just play that character better because, number one, he's not a big guy. Uh, and if you go look at the comics and look at Sentry, like he's a big dude, man, in the, in the uh, you know, in the pages of Marvel books. Uh, and I don't want Steven Yen to be all CGI. You know, I don't know if he can actually put that type of weight on his frame. But I can see him just being a real cocky super smart dude that turns into a Hulk, you know, and honestly that would be a better route for him to go because, you know, Ruffalo, his Hulk is kind of been neutered, you know, he's not really the beast that he was in the earlier stages of the MCU. And I mean, it's cool. Professor Hulk and all that stuff, you know, ha ha ha. But like, I want to see a Hulk that's just going to like go off. You know what I'm saying? And Amadeus Chow, he had a, you know, an issue kind of controlling the Hulk. You know, it was almost like he was driving in the front seat. I remember this because James used to read this comic, you know, Amadeus Chow would be riding in the front seat in his brain and the Hulk would be in the back seat. Like, trying to take over you know the driving of basically you know controlling the life um 
And he had a, a hard time balancing that. So I would love to see a new version of Hulk. I don't really want to see this kid Hulk. I don't, I don't want to see that. Uh, and I feel like if Amadeus Child were to be in the MCU, he would have a pretty long uh, lifespan in, in the cinematic universe because he's involved in a lot of different teams. He's been on the Avengers. He's been on the champions. Uh, so I feel like we would be able to see him for quite a while. So, Hey, that would be big Chibata for Steven Yin. So I agree with James with that. I feel like that would be the, the better character suited for him, even though that's super obvious. I feel like that would be the better character century. I mean, who cares whether it's an Asian guy, a white guy, a black guy. I don't really think his, you know, ethnic background really matters to the character, but I just don't see Steven Yen being able to pull that off. I'll be honest with you. I just don't, I don't see it. Like he's a great actor, but I, I just don't, I don't see it. And I don't see why the century would be in the Thunderbolts. Why would he team up with the Thunderbolts? Number one, he doesn't need any of those guys. He's a, a freaking monster. Like he's a very powerful character. Uh, you know, I've done some research. I've never read a, a book with Sentry in it, but, you know, he gets his powers. Basically, he's like 15,000 sons. Like, that's the, the power that he has inside of him. Uh, he has this thing in him called the void where he has like mental health issues as well. So he can't really control his self at all times is kind of difficult for him uh and if that void takes over he you know can turn into a, a massive villain you know towards the heroes so i feel like steven Yen would have the acting chops for it yes but i just don't see i just don't see it i don't see it and i don't see sentry being in the thunderbolts movie like he's not they, they can't they can't beat him if he's on the other side the thunderbolts are not winning that battle okay and if he's on their team, he doesn't need their help. So logically, it just doesn't make sense to me. But the other thing that, you know, like I said, that came across my mind with the whole um, announcement that Stephen Yen was going to be in in this movie, um, we get excited to see these big name actors in the in these roles. Uh and it's awesome to see. Like, trust me, I get excited like everybody, man. I was super excited to hear that Mahershala Ali wanted to play Blade or wants to play Blade. You know, I, I was very excited for that. I was super excited to see Chadwick Boseman as as Black Panther, you know, um, just a whole lot of castings that. Wow, that's awesome. Like Harrison Ford is going to be in the Thunder in the Thunderbolts, you know, and these are big name guys. But the problem is is that you're getting these great actors, you know, Jonathan Majors, you know, you're getting these great actors involved in the MCU and then you're turning around and not giving them quality stories to get like to showcase their talents. So it's like you're getting great actors, but not so great storylines. And it's kind of getting annoying, man. So, you know, at this point, I'm like, why don't we just start, you know, going with some actors that are up and coming you know what i'm saying actors that maybe not be that may not be so well known and just start giving them a chance to shine and grow in the mcu you know like you you want to get the tickets sold of course and the best way to do that is put these well-known actors in there but you know people are kind of getting tired of the mediocre superhero movie 
And this also goes for DC. Like this isn't just against Marvel right now. It's Marvel's the the topic of discussion because Ant-Man just came out, but DC has not been putting out quality movies either. Like, I mean, we've seen the Batman, which was, you know, it was nominated for awards. The Joker, it won an Academy Award. But other than that, they haven't really put out anything that was worth, you know, watching again. So, you know, it it makes you wonder why these, you know, these companies, these, you know, these franchises go out and get these big name actors and then go out and find writers that have only written for Rick and Morty. You know, you know, no offense to Jeff Loveness, but, you know, you're. You have not showcased the ability to handle something as big as the MCU, in my opinion. Uh, and it showed in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And apparently he's going to be writing Kang Dynasty, the Avengers, you know, movie. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, this is going to be his second go around with a major film like this. And, you know, we're writing it. So we'll see what he can come up with. But, you know, why don't we just stop going after these big name actors just to sell tickets, you know, and, and start making some quality movies bringing in some quality talent, spending your money in the writer's room and not with the faces that are on screen. Because at the end of the day, I really don't think MCU fans or DCU fans really give a damn who's in the suit. (laughs) You know, we are just, we just want to see the character on screen. We just want to see our favorite heroes come to life. At the end of the day, I mean, that's kind of what cosplay is all about at the same time. At the end of the day, you know, people want to be these ultimate, you know, heroes, these crazy, these really crazy costumes, and they want to be in that. So, you know, we just want to see it. You know, we want to see it. We want to feel it. We want to be engulfed in this world. But you can only do that with good storytelling. And that's what people have been missing from the MCU and from DCU. Um, I remember I used to ask K questions before, you know, would it be superhero fatigue or superhero movie fatigue? Will we ever get to that point? Uh, and he always says no, you know, and Kevin Foggy, we ch- trust. And now it's going to be, you know, obviously James Gunn we, and, and James Gunn, we trust as well on the DC side. And you know what? I agree. I finally agree. It's not going to be fatigue that, that makes fans no longer want to go see these movies. It's not going to be them putting out a bunch of movies, you know, a a year and a bunch of TV shows a year, even though both companies says, said they don't want to do that anymore. That's not going to be the problem. The problem is going to be that these storylines and these stories are not well put together, Uh, that there's hella plot holes in these movies and in these TV shows. Um, you know, and it's, it's very hard to get into them because number one, Marvel wants everything to connect. Now DC wants everything to connect as well, but Marvel wants everything to connect and, and it doesn't always work. (laughs) It doesn't always work out to, to the best of their abilities. Sometimes there's plot holes and lately it's been a lot of plot holes and, you know, things have not added up and you have movies that don't really connect, but you're still trying to connect them in a certain way. And, 
you know, they're overselling these movies. The the trailers are giving away too much, trying to put people in the seats. Like it's just been a whole cluster fuck of movies and TV shows that haven't really panned out to be what they are supposed to be, you know, and some people are going to blame it on the fact that we don't have like those, those superstars or whatever, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans as Captain America and Iron Man. But I don't think it's that, man. I just think that the storytelling was just really dope and compelling. And it made you want to go see the next movie. Even if that next movie was the first Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man had a good story. Like, come on, man. Dude was a thief. And he went on this journey to steal some stuff. It just happened to turn out to be stealing an Ant-Man costume, you know, like it just felt real, you know, and lately things have not felt real. Black Panther felt real, man. People wanted to go to Wakanda, (laughs) you know, It, it just felt like, you know, we were in that world every time we stepped into a theater to watch it, to watch a movie. Civil War, like it was a heartbreaking movie. Nobody wanted to see Captain America and Iron Man battling each other. Nobody wanted to see that. But that's what happened in the movie. And people left like in shock. (laughs) You know, people left talking, walking out of the movies. I I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania in a theater. Like you could literally hear a pin drop. And the best part of the whole entire movie was the end credit scenes. So I just wonder, you know, how things are going to pan out, you know, picking writers that don't have the experience with big time films like this. The MCU has pretty much been the standard of storytelling, even though there's directors and writers that don't that aren't a part of it and actors that aren't a part of the MCU that kind of like to shit on it. Uh, it's been the standard for a long time. Like the MCU is what's been putting butts in seats in the theaters. Tom Hanks said it when we were in the pandemic, in the peak time of the pandemic, he said Marvel was going to save the movie theaters. Like that's the kind of power and the kind of juice that the MCU has. Um, and they're starting to lose it a little bit. And I feel like the best way to do that is really just to stop focusing on the quality of actors that you get, you know, that star power that you can get in your movie and start focusing on the star power that you can get in the writer's room. Point blank. That's, I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, you know, eventually, eventually we're going to be doing lives. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a lot going on in my life right now. Obviously you guys know, uh, you know, I've been married for a year now, me and my wife, we're working on getting a home, And we're like getting close to the finish line. So things are going to be continuing to grow for this platform. So we're going to be engaging with you guys a lot more. But, you know, I really appreciate you guys sticking around and tuning into these podcasts. I'm never going to stop doing podcasts this way because I just love talk radio. (laughs) I just love this style of of media, you know, so moving forward, you know, but we will be engaging with you guys uh, and hopefully in the near future through YouTube or whatever. Um, but moving forward, I did, I, I've been thinking about other things as far as uh, collecting goes as well, man. 
I've been thinking about how I want to build my collection going forward. <clears throat> so the first thing that that hit my mind was um, I really want to start collecting more trade paperbacks, more graphic novels, more omnibus co complete, you know, complete collections or complete editions and stuff like that. Like I really want to start leaning into that more. Uh, I feel like my days of going to the shop every week and getting these floppies and reading one or two and letting the books pile up um, and just collect dust until I get a chance to read them, you know, cause I'm, I'm a dad, <laughs> I'm a husband. So I don't always have the free time uh, to read like I wanted to. So, you know, that was the first thought was that I wanted to start lessening what I pick up at the shop on a weekly basis and start picking up more trades uh, and reading them down. So that's one thought. And I've, I've done that. I've been doing that for about mm, maybe three months now. Uh, and it's been going pretty good. Like my, my weekly budget has, you know, changed a whole lot now that I don't commit myself to so many books, um, every week and every month. So that's definitely changed. I mean, of course there's going to be days when I go to the shop and I see some books there that, you know, the covers are just fire, you know what I'm saying? Or I'm interested in that story, but I have that freedom now, you know, because my pull list sometimes in a week might only have two books, you know, I like that freedom. I like that freedom a lot, actually. Uh, it actually allows me to remember more of what I read instead of trying to cram in, you know, a thousand books in one week, like my, my memory and brain is not as strong as JT's. Uh, that's why he is our review guy. So, you know, big thanks to him, you know, checking in every week and giving us those reviews and his picks of the week, because James has a brilliant mind, man. I don't know if you guys know him. If you do, he is an intelligent guy, man. And he is my Obi-Wan Kenobi when it comes to when it came to collecting comics and getting into this game of, you know, enjoying comics and reading them and talking about them. He was the reason why I started collecting and James can read like six books in an hour and remember every single one of those storylines easy. Like that's just how his brain works. I can read six books in an hour and probably remember like half <laughs> of what I read. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to write stuff down. JT just writes stuff down because he has so much stored up there. And he's like, he doesn't want to, you know, talk too much on a book or spoil too much on a book. So, you know, kudos to him, man. I mean, I, I all I, I enjoy listening to my big brother's reviews every week. Um, and the same with Isaac, man. Isaac has a very good mind as well. And he is an incredible salesman when it comes to these comics. That's why I have to be careful listening to his previews because he'll sell me on a book probably faster than he sells you guys on a book. But he'll sell me on a book um, real quick, man. And it'll have me super interested in in uh, what he's talking about. And I'll be like, man, I think I want to read that book. So, you know, these guys are very good at keeping a lot of information in their mind is about, about what these books have going on. But me personally, 
I had to scale back, man, because I felt like I was just cramming all of these comics and information into my brain and I, and it, and I wasn't, re, you know, remembering it a lot. And of course, I had COVID. You know, you guys know that, if you know, if you've been around for a while. So, you know, my short term memory is crap. <laughs> it is still terrible, man. So now I'm more into in, you know, wanting to really, really enjoy what I'm reading and not feel rushed, feel like I can take my time and read it. So Rodney Barnes is always going to be on my, in my pull list, no matter what I did read. Uh, I finally finished Nita Hall's issue 12, speaking of Rodney Barnes. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. Nita Hall's was kind of like, it was a little bit up and down for me. Uh, I was kind of like trying to figure out why he connected her to the Philadelphia universe, but issue 12 brought it all full circle. Okay. It was an incredible read. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And it really just brought Nita Hall's up about three levels for me, man. I'm not going to lie. The last couple of issues before this last issue, I was kind of like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going? Usually with Philadelphia, like he gets to the point just about every book, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was, he's been kind of like, you know, slowly bringing us along in Nita Halls. And I'm like, all right, where, where are we at with this? And, uh, yeah, it, it, Nita Halls is officially here, y'all. <laughs> like she, that character, uh, is a very powerful character. And I can't wait to see what happens in these next couple of issues at Philadelphia because she's on her way to Philly. So that book came to an end with issue 12 is like with the second story arc. So you can get the trade. I believe next week. Um, so that that came to an end now. So it's just going to be all Philadelphia and Monarch uh, for the next couple of weeks. But yeah, she's going to she's going to Philadelphia. So we're going to see Nita Hall's in that. And one of these issues is either going to be the next one or, you know, a couple more down the line. I think we're going to this story arc ends at issue 30. So, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've had to learn how to balance my my collection man and now you know now that i've been able to get my pull list down to a decent size for myself because you have to collect for you don't collect for anybody else but always continue to support your local comic book shops so now that i have it down to to what the number is that i want to have in my pull list and definitely want to continue to read trades like i'm really enjoying the trade stuff like i'm reading an authority book right now by uh jonathan ridley and ben oliver it's like a graphic novel like 94 pages it's trippy as hell like i've never read an authority book but it's super trippy so i want to focus on having the trades you know certain trades not all of them but certain trades and i want to keep my pull list low but now i'm thinking that while I keep my pull list low, yes, I want to find out how I can start collecting different genres of comics within my number of pull lists. So whether it be the horror stuff with Rodney Barnes or some sci-fi stuff, you know, or a superhero comic, you know, like Capes and Cow, like Superman or, you know, anything like that. I want to be able to categorize my books now in my pool list so maybe for five months it's going to be i'll have a, a crime noir story in there like something from um 
Ed Brubaker and Mike Rucka and you know how they have like these different crime noir stories and like they have criminal that I would love to go back and read. Um, I do have volume one of Gotham Central, things like that, you know, like things like that. I want to kind of narrow my collection down and and organize it to genre now as I collect going forward. Um, And then, you know, I want to have like my fun comics in there, like Power Rangers and Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like that is a nostalgia for me, man. Like that book is amazing. (laughs) Uh, And it just reminds me of childhood, man, running home and watching Power Rangers after school or, you know, collecting all the Ninja Turtles and watching all the movies and playing the games, even playing the Power Ranger games, man. Like it just makes me feel good inside, you know, so. You know, that's kind of what I want to be on as far as my collection. Uh, And with the trades, like, obviously, I got to keep my ears to the streets and see what people have been talking about, uh, which books are really hot right now. And, you know, the ones that kind of keep it up, because at the same time, man, there's sometimes when you're reading books and they go on a, a big drought, you know, like the books just aren't that good. <laughs> you know, it'd be it starts off fire and then it just dies down and now you feel like or at least i feel like i wasted my money and my time so i'm going to try to avoid situations like that um and collect what i know i'm going to love like i'm always going to collect miles morales you know i'm always going to collect batman depending on the writer uh right now it's chips or darsky so i'm gonna keep on rocking with that uh daredevil is something that i enjoy from marvel And honestly, I haven't been spending a lot of money on Marvel. Uh, We're going to see how this Black Panther story goes with uh, with uh, Evel Ewing. We're going to see how that goes. But lately, it's just been Miles and this this Namor story that I've been checking out. Uh, and And that's not even on my pull list. That's just something that when I see it, I pick it up because I have a light week. So I'll pick it up and read it. Um, or I'll pick up the, you know, two of them and read them. Same with the Sam Wilson, Captain America story. Like that's not on my pull list, but that's something that, you know, if I have a light week and I only have one or two books, I might pick it up. If not, I'll go back and get it when I can. So I I just been working on not being pressed for this hobby because it is a hobby. You know, we always have to remember that. So, you know, that's just some of the things that's been on my mind as far as collecting and, as far as just, you know, the MCU and things like that, I will say this. Me and Kay did have a discussion about the, uh, that Rolling Stones, they Rolling Stones magazine put out a top 200 singers list um, of all time type of thing. Worst list I've ever seen in my life. Worst list I've ever seen in my life. When I go on a list and I go to the top five and I see Mariah Carey as top five, that list is officially garbage. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like there's no way Mariah Carey should be ranked higher than Stevie wonder in anything, you know? So yeah, don't ever make any more lists. And and I probably won't be watching or looking at any more lists ever again, because it just got me so ticked off. Um, What else did we talk about, man? We talked about the Wu Tang American saga, uh, latest episode, which was fire. Go check that out. Uh, I'm actually going to go watch Bel Air right now with my wife after I hit stop on this because that's an amazing show. Uh, We also talked about Mandalorian and 
you know, we just had some questions about it. We neither one of us got it. I saw like the first five minutes of it. Uh, and then I realized that I have commercials on Disney plus now. I forgot that I'd scaled down on that, <laughs> but, um, the, basically the question is like, where, where is Grogu going, man? Like he's such a cute character. You know, everybody loves little baby Yoda, little Grogu, but what is the destination for that character? Like, is he going to become a Jedi? Is he going to become a Sith? Like, what's up, man? Like I want, I hope they develop his character a little more. I would love to see that. Cause right now when I, from what I saw, he's still doing that baby talk and he's supposed to be 50 years old. So like, what's up with that? Uh, and also, like, what's up with Mando? Like, what is his end goal? Where are we going on this journey? Like, are, and I, I know they've mentioned that there might be some throwback characters popping up in this series. And I really hope they just don't do it just for, you know, people just to be happy and and it not move the story forward. Because uh, right now I, I love Mandalorian, but it's just a fun adventure show. Like it just doesn't really seem like it has too much of a purpose right now. Um, and I mean, I guess you could say that about all Star Wars films and movies, but I would like it to have some type of purpose. Like, I don't want to just have Mandalorian flying across the galaxy with a green baby all day, every day. Like, let's get to some drama. Let's get to some storytelling. So we'll see, man. Um, we'll be back next week for sure. Uh, I just wanted to get on here real quick and just talk about some things, man. But make sure you guys tune in on Monday. Isaac will be back with his previews and uh, I'll be back talking my usual trash about different things <laughs> that are going on in the entertainment world. And then on Wednesday, we got JT. He'll be here with his reviews. So get your pens and papers ready, you know, mark down some of these books that these guys are going to be talking about. And then me and Kay will wrap it up on saturday uh you know next weekend man so i'm sorry about not being able to have the ciabatta boys out this weekend but you know that's the that's the life we live man when you're a content creator um and you're working in two different states you know what i'm saying like it's just how it goes sometimes but i will say this man the numbers went up crazy between january and february so i really really appreciate you guys tuning in and hitting that subscribe button and sharing it with your friends man because i mean the the amount of downloads that we have from january to february is a really big number so whatever you guys are doing out there sharing it and everything we really appreciate it man um you know this is our start of our fifth year doing this podcast well at least for myself uh this is my fifth year doing this podcast we've had a bunch of changes we've had some add-ons you know we've had a name change and you guys are still rocking with us and you're telling your friends to tell a friend so just make sure you let them know to smash that subscribe button and keep rocking with us man because we will continue to grow and we will continue to reach out I'm working on an interview right now. Well, actually, I'm working on two interviews. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when those are on their way. But other than that, man, hit that subscribe button on all major platforms where podcasts are found. And we will be back next week on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday at 6 a.m. And uh, yeah, I'm your host, Amir. And this is the One and 100 Podcast. Peace. Peace.